0: Only come out at night
1: oh yeah the freaks
0: yeah and the xenomorphs oh yeah <laughs> well mostly <laughs> speaking of freaks how you doing
1: i'm doing great how are you doing
0: well i've been uh i've been thinking a lot about culture and where it's going
1: okay yeah
0: and people don't dress up enough anymore They don't. You used to be, you would get on the plane, you'd have to wear a suit. D.B. Cooper wore a suit, and he was going to jump out of the plane.
1: That's a good point.
0: And today, you're going to leave on your Stewie pajama pants? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know? So, I think this week I want to talk about, you know, culture. Okay. Refinement. And what better way to do that than with the classic pornographic film.
1: Indeed. So welcome to the Raincoat Report. This is Boss here with Jeremy.
0: Hello. I hope you have your smoking jacket on. <laughs> I do. And your uh, spats.
1: Yes. You should be dressed in all of your finery before you listen to this episode, listeners.
0: I am wearing a cod piece. Yes. It's holding my cod. <laughs> Which is that's what, that's what they
1: call you. That's
0: what that smell is. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man.
1: Well, I am going to find my baby, going to hold her tight, going to grab some afternoon delight. Oh, yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. This week we're talking about...
1: Afternoon Delights. The
0: 1981 film from Sir Francis Drake.
1: From Sean Costello.
0: Oh, okay. Of water power fame. Yes. And other such films.
1: Yes, but uh mostly water power.
0: This one takes quite a different tack. I will yes, say. Yes,
1: it's not like water power.
0: <laughs> there's maybe one segment that's close to like water power, but it's still very far away from water power.
1: It's more Passions of Carol than it is water power. And it's S- not really that much Passions of Carol.
0: No, there aren't there's no time tunnel. First of all.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately.
0: Did I tell you I made my brother and his uh, wife watch that last Christmas? Yes, you did. (laughs) Okay, good. I want to make sure. It's a delight. I think we watched uh, Christmas Evil and then, yeah, Passions of Carol was our Christmas double feature. Oh, man,
1: that's a great double feature. Yeah,
0: it really gets you in the mood for the season.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what great films.
0: But we shouldn't be talking about Christmas because we're talking about afternoon delights and it's... July now, and it's summer. Yes. And that's when Afternoon Delight is at its greatest, because it's warm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Sean Costello gets that.
1: When everything's a little clearer in the light of day, and we know the night is always going to be here anyway.
0: Anyway, yeah. Afternoon desserts.
1: (laughs) So, yeah, this is Sean Costello, and uh, we get a... Cast of a lot of people, but it, this is more of an anthology film than anything else. This with a uh, wraparound of some classy gentlemen talking,
0: quite like the Amicus and Hammer films of old.
1: Yes. <laughs> uh, so we get a parade of several Mrs. Smiths that we mm-hmm. get to meet, which include Serena, yep. Vanessa Del Rio. Mm-hmm. Samantha Fox. Of course. Veronica Hart. Oh, yes. And Merle Michaels.
0: Who's the only name on that list I'm not as familiar with as the other four, though I know we've seen her.
1: Yeah, we've seen her in a a few different things. Uh, She was in The Devil and Miss Jones Part 2 as the nurse.
0: Okay, yeah, I remember her.
1: Uh, She was in Terra, 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 Terra.
0: I mean, that was a long time ago.
1: Yeah. yeah. So many
0: Terras. (laughs)
1: So many Terra, so little time.
0: Which also had Serena? Uh, yes. She was Tara.
1: Yeah, she was Tara, Terra, Terra, Terra. She was also in Debbie Does Dallas. As Donna. Well,
0: it's not Debbie, I don't know who that is.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while since we've seen Debbie Does Dallas. Yeah. We've seen so much pornography, our brains are... I've and seen, had so much brown.
0: I've, I've seen so much Debbie. <laughs>
1: Uh, so yeah, we've got quite a lineup of ladies, but we've also got some gentlemen that we know here, including Bobby Astor of and course. Eric Edwards.
0: George Payne, I think, shows up. Yeah, he shows up in two scenes, maybe.
1: Yeah, okay. Alan Marlowe, we've seen in a few films. Uh, most of the rest of the cast, I'm not immediately triggering bells with, but
0: Ashley Moore.
1: Uh, yeah, I believe Ashley Moore is in here.
0: He's got a woman's name, so I always remember him.
1: Ron Hood. Ron Hood.
0: Hud. Yeah, I know Ron Hud.
1: But yeah, a ca- a group of cast, a group of cast, <laughs> a cast of characters at our disposal here as we get through several erotic tales to get us through the afternoon into the evening.
0: Do you ever get some afternoon dessert?
1: I try to get it as often as I can.
0: Like a pudding cup?
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. Or just, like, a couple Pop-Tarts.
0: A couple? Like four?
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> or you just, like, a <laughs> pint of ice cream.
0: you ever eat your whole day's worth of calories in Pop-Tarts?
1: I probably have at some point. You're not really supposed to eat a whole lot of them.
0: No, they're toxic.
1: Uh... Looks like the ones nearby are 400 calories.
0: That's per pack, yeah.
1: Okay, that's for two of them. So you'd have to eat 10 to get 2000 calories. I could do that. Yeah, I could too. I don't know if I have.
0: I would space it out, but I could I've definitely eaten two packs back to back before.
1: I certainly have as well.
0: I got the s'mores ones one night and I was like, "Man, I got I got the munchies. I need to Eat as much marshmallow filling <laughs> as possible.
1: Uh, yeah, Pop Tarts—they're great at any temperature.
0: I don't cook them; I eat them raw. I uh,
1: I like to heat. I like to toast them. I, don't I think that's them. the best. Uh, no. I I will microwave them occasionally. I toast them. I I'll eat, eat them room warm. temperature. I've eaten them out of the freezer.
0: I eat them as they come right out of the box.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: I see. What I do is I have the coffee. I mix it all together in my mouth, and that warms it up. And when I swallow it, it's nice and warm.
1: Okay, that's fair, I guess.
0: Yeah, it's um, it's how my ancestors cooked.
1: (laughs) With coffee mouth?
0: Yeah. They would just put the raw meat in their mouth and just (laughs) roll around with the coffee until it was uh, properly cooked, and then they would swallow it. (laughs)
1: Lovely. Yeah. All right, well, we're going to take a quick break here, (laughs) and then we'll be back to talk a little bit more about our afternoon delights. sounds are out. <laughs> well, we are back on the Raincoat Report to talk Afternoon Delights. And so, Afternoon Delights as a film opens with credits for our starlets and uh our theme song, which uh you said was Afternoon Desserts?
0: Yes, and then there's like a very loud like blast of synth noise like right after it.
1: Yeah, so like it sounds like 75% like the famous uh, Starland Vocal Band song Afternoon Delight.
0: Of course, yeah.
1: But uh, it's, it sounds a bit tone deaf.
0: <laughs> yeah, they have, it seems like multiple. Now, the song, I think, depends on the harmonies of the Starland Vocal Band.
1: Yeah, yeah. As
0: their name would imply. Uh, they got like non-union people to do this one for sure
1: they got serena to do this one yeah. which she would just right after she did it a couple of lines
0: yeah they got serena to sing this one right after she got the fucking haircut she has for this movie
1: <laughs> oh boy <laughs> we'll get to that yeah. so <laughs> amongst the credits we learned that the director is credited as warren evans which is an interesting name and the film opens with cars streaming down new york city streets at night A man emerges from a taxi and yells out to George, his friend on the street. They joke about each other being in suits, that being an uncommon thing for them, and a third friend joins them. They all complain about having to dress up, but apparently it was an idea to spice up poker night. It's at this point that we cut inside to Eric Edwards, Pete Farrell, talking about how people don't dress up enough. He wanted to make Poker Night at his place a real event, so he told everybody that they needed to dress up.
0: That's what we did today. Yes. How many sleeves are on my shirt? So many. Yep.
1: (laughs) Do you like my top hat?
0: Uh, yeah.
1: Do you like my top hat on top of my top hat?
0: I think it's a little ostentatious, but, uh... It's still classy, right? No, yeah, it's still classy, but like it's kind of like it's more like new money, you know.
1: Oh, that's fair.
0: Yeah. And you just got your money. Yeah. We're raking in Patreon dollars. That's how people are new money now.
1: <laughs> Pete then tells Nina the maid that he's talking to to lick around the head a bit, and we pan down to see her with uh, his cock in her mouth.
0: Anytime someone's talking in a porno movie and you only see them from above the waist, someone's going down on them.
1: Yeah, that's true. Just like uh, Herschel Savage in Ladies Night.
0: Yeah, that's a rule. You know, that's one of the things I've learned. Yes. Might not have learned much, but...
1: I don't know much, but I know I love you. Everything <laughs> that may be all I need to know.
0: I'm gonna get one of those posters that like, they used to have at like the pharmacy and stuff when I was a kid. It's like everything I know in life I learned from X, but it's gonna be porno,
1: yes, yeah, so you cross out kindergarten, and yeah, right porno, and then
0: I just change yeah, I just change them all, never go with uh Ron Jeremy to a second location <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's an important rule as well. Mm-hmm. it's on there. So Pete notes that the people at the agency said Nina was good, but so far she's fantastic. He requests that she hold his balls when he comes, and indeed she soon strokes out a load from him onto her chest. Just as she's licking cum off of his tip, we hear a buzz at the door. Pete tells her to tend to his guests while he finishes getting ready. Nina lets Pete's friends in, and they're shocked to see her there, expecting Pete Not to have such a fancy setup and a maid, she takes their coats. So again, Pete is not normally a person with a maid, but he uh, hired Nina for the night for his fancy affair.
0: It looks like he's redecorated his apartment a bit as well for it. There's like fancier stuff hung up over the walls. Yeah. Uh, He's turned it into like a bit of a parlor, you know? Yes. He's um, he's a little bit of a naughty Victorian.
1: Are you mad? (laughs) (laughs) one of the guy's jokes referring to her uh, noting that this may be the beginning of a great evening the last guest arrives Mr. Logan and everyone wonders if this is a joke or if they're going to actually play poker this point Pete shows up and tells them that they'll be playing poker very soon he tells them that he wanted to do something a little special this evening they eventually sit down and start dealing cards They uh, are playing different games based on the dealer uh, being able to choose what they're going to play. Pete ends up beating everybody in a game of five-card stud with a full house. And then it's his turn to deal. He deals everyone a queen, and they ask what they're playing. He explains each of them has an ex-wife that they know a secret about, and they should tell each other these secrets. The guys ask if this is really a game, and Pete adds that this is a game. He suggests that they all write down the stories about their axes. Then, they can read them out loud and guess which story belongs to which guy's ex. Mm-hmm. They note that they didn't meet each other until after they were all divorced, so they don't know each other's axes to be able to guess.
0: Very good. That's a very specific group of poker players he yeah. has developed.
1: Yeah, a bunch of these... Uh, Divorced men.
0: Maybe they all like live in like the same sad apartment complex. Maybe. Like uh, Milhouse's dad.
1: <laughs> so Pete instructs them to each refer to the woman in their story as Mrs. Smith. They draw cards to see who goes first, and it's Frank who begins to read a story from the pile. So they all wrote stories, put all the cards in a pile, yeah. Boss, and so Frank is yeah. just drawing a random one to read.
0: Boss helped. He edited out, like, the 30 minutes of soft pencil scratching (laughs) and uh, stifled coughing as they wrote down their letters.
1: Yes. So in this first story, Mrs. Smith is a late riser, we're told. While she was very horny when she woke up, she slept late, and five days a week her husband was gone when she eventually woke up. And, of course, when she was at her horniest. Of course. The writer notes that something was bound to happen, and eventually it did. We see Mrs. Smith here, played by Burl Michaels in this first story. Mm -hmm. She wakes up to the sound of jackhammering outside. She looks out the window at a crew working on cement. She goes to lay back down, but the construction sounds keep going, so she looks out the window again, this time caressing her chest and slowly letting her nightgown fall as she oogles at the arms of one of the workers.
0: Watches the jackhammers erotically destroy the ground
1: yes we cut to mrs smith in her shower soaping up and slowly running her hands across her body she begins to touch her vagina and slowly tease her clit really sudsing up her pubic hair we then see a giant cock fill the screen then we cut back to Mrs. Smith in the shower, who is really working her clit and squeezing her breasts as she imagines this big cock.
0: Mm-hmm. The, and shower. She... And the shower is on.
1: Yes, <laughs> importantly it is. And she seemingly gets off here. We cut back to the construction crew at work. Mm-hmm. The guys outside spot Mrs. Smith peering at them from her window. In particular here we see Dave Ruby and George Payne. Mm-hmm. We see Mrs. Smith unlock and open her door, leaving it cracked. She's brushing her hair when our construction workers let themselves in.
0: There's some uh, good, Im- like good uh, imagery and uh, generally just good sound design in this segment.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: Yeah, like uh, between like the jackhammering and the shower sounds, and uh, I like the inner cuts when uh, like the big shaft starts coming in from the side of the screen while oh, she's fantasizing. Yeah, yeah. Those are good. Um, yeah, that dick would have been just enormous on the screen.
1: Yes, I it, love to think about it.
0: Yeah, I like to think I'd get scared. <laughs> like, I've never seen King Kong on the big screen, so that gorilla's always just been kind of like a normal-sized gorilla to me. Oh, yeah. But if I saw him on the big screen, I would piss myself. <laughs> Same thing if I saw, like, George Payne's dick just, like, emerging <laughs> I <laughs> thought it was going to be kind of like a psycho thing at first, where he was there. Yeah. But uh, but no, I, I like the whole, I like the scene. Um, I like all the scenes. Uh, we're going to get into it.
1: So we cut to Mrs. Smith sucking and stroking both of their cocks, this again being George Payne and Dave Ruby. They're laying on the bed, nearly scissoring each other as Mrs. Smith is in between and gets both of their cocks in her mouth at points.
0: Mm-hmm. This movie is not shy about some double penetration.
1: No, that's not. We see Mrs. Smith sucking one of their cocks as the other guy lubes up and then starts to fuck her from behind as they lay sideways, George Payne stroking as he looks at them. Mrs. Smith demands George's cock in her mouth, and he is happy to oblige. Dave fucks Mrs. Smith's doggy smile as she sucks George's cock. They keep at this, and Dave comes on Mrs. Smith's ass, and she strokes his cock a bit more, rubbing his cum on her face. We then see George fucking her from behind as she sucks Dave a bit more. They trade off a few times and George eventually comes in Mrs. Smith's mouth and she sucks his cock a bit more. We cut back to Poker Night and the guys chat about the story asking why the husband would have left her.
0: One of us was married to somebody like that. Yeah. Uh, I like all these guys. I yeah. Like cause they just got some like, uh, some old men.
1: Yeah. These are mostly old men other than Eric Edwards, who is not young here, but not old.
0: Yeah, he's got a nice beard. Yeah, they're all uh, like middle-aged to older men who were married to women way out of their league, it seems like.
1: (laughs) Yeah. The next person to read a story is Gary. He starts to read the story, which is titled A Day in the Life of Mrs. Smith by Mr. Smith. Our new Mrs. Smith is Veronica Hart who is an avid shopper during the day. She would often go to various doctors, and on this particular Friday, she went to the dentist. Yes,
0: bit of a hypochondriac. She seems to have a, a doctor's appointment every day. Yes. But, uh...
1: I don't know, when she, if she has doctors like this, maybe they keep telling her that she has to come back.
0: Yeah, some ulterior motives.
1: So they take her coat, and the dental hygienist there takes some x-rays as Mrs. Smith is being flirtatious. The biggest issue here is that Bobby Astor is her dentist.
0: Yeah, that's never going to go well.
1: (laughs) He looks at her x-rays and he finds a cavity. And we all know that Bobby Astor is uh, very eager to fill any cavities that he finds.
0: I'm glad he wasn't my dentist.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So the dental hygienist, uh, who who here is a lady, it's important to note, informs Mrs. Smith. My
0: dental hygienist was a lady. She didn't wear a mask.
1: Just hmm. kept spitting into my mouth. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the, she informs <laughs> Mrs. Smith about the cavity, who is shocked to find out. But she assures Mrs. Smith this will be an easy fix. So she gets the gas, and uh, Mrs. Smith apparently drifts off.
0: I've n- never been given the gas.
1: Really, never?
0: No, they always just they. They give me the, the stuff in my in my my, in my gums. Yeah. Which, I'm fine. I kind of, I like feeling them root around and pull stuff out of my head.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to think. Maybe the only time that I got the gas was when I got my wisdom teeth pulled. I didn't
0: even get it then.
1: Did you get knocked out for it?
0: I didn't get nothing. I was just awake while they popped them out. and I was, really? was blood all in my mouth.
1: Because I was originally going to get, like, put to sleep for it. Not like euthanized, but...
0: Like a dog. We're going to put you down like a dog.
1: I was, uh, I was going to get some, uh, some, uh, I was going to use the, the anesthesia. And,
0: yeah, there you go.
1: I was going to get some of that, and, uh, they couldn't get my veins, because apparently I have tiny veins that roll when you try to get them.
0: You do have little hands, so that makes sense.
1: Yeah, and it depends, because there's some people who are able to get them, like, right away every time, like my general practitioner... Yeah, there's like one lady at that office that like always gets it the first time and then like other people who can't get it. But anyway, when I went to get my wisdom teeth taken out, I had requested that I be, you know, get anesthesia for it so I could be asleep when they take them out. And uh, they couldn't get my vein, so I had to be awake. But they did give me a bunch of gas, so it made it a lot easier. And I probably would have been horrified if I hadn't gotten that because I have a lot of dental anxiety.
0: I guess I just don't have enough dental anxiety. I, I find it—it's erotic in like a J.G. Ballard way, like in Crash. Okay. All that metal in your mouth, you know.
1: Uh, okay, fair enough.
0: All that sucking the hose the girl all spit with. Yeah. When she spit in my mouth, she would use that to sip it back. Up. Uh, so anyway she's neither here nor there She drifts <laughs>
1: off from the gas here Which I didn't fall asleep from the gas to be clear
0: The gas was better in the 70s
1: Or the That's early probably 80s true. It was probably less safe Yeah So uh, the dental hygienist who we learn is named Nancy She starts to caress Mrs. Smith's legs and takes off her heels This is not okay
0: uh, No, this is. there's a whole Seinfeld episode about how this isn't right
1: Oh Yeah <laughs> So Nancy pulls off Mrs. Smith's thigh highs and starts to lick her leg before working her way up to Mrs. Smith's crotch where she buries her face against her panties. She pulls said panties aside and starts to lick away as Dr. Harkness, uh, Bobby Astor's dentist character, appears in the doorway, stopping to watch. The oral continues for a bit as the drugged Mrs. Smith writhes around. Nancy pulls Mrs. Smith's clothes off of her moor beginning to lick and suck her nipples. Dr. Harkness continues to watch with a smile on his face. He walks in and tells Nancy that he could lose his practice over this. Nancy says she'll never know. So in response, Dr. Harkness pulls out his cock and Nancy sucks it, before he decides to push it into Mrs. Smith's mouth. Nancy exposes her breasts and plays with them as she watches. Then she straddles Mrs. Smith... As Doctor Harkness kneels down behind them, licking their holes. <laughs> After a bit, Doctor Harkness starts to fuck Mrs. Smith as she lays back in the dentist's chair. Nancy, with her face laying on Mrs. Smith's belly, so that Doctor Harkness can push his cock into her mouth every now and then. Uh, there's a lot of very percussive, drummy music playing. There and is. Then,
0: it goes on for a while. I'm not sure if it's like a recording, like a field recording from like a Kind of like an African village type thing, or if it's like uh, like Iron Butterfly, but uh, it's an incredibly long drum solo.
1: Until Afternoon Desserts kicks in.
0: Yeah, yeah, they don't they don't loop it, they just bring in Afternoon Desserts.
1: Yeah, so Dr. Harkness fucks away for a while before pulling out and coming on Mrs. Smith's pubes and Nancy's face, with him fucking Nancy's mouth a bit afterwards. We then cut to Dr. Harkness and Nancy redressing. He asks Nancy if he thinks Mrs. Smith will know what happened. Nancy says that she gave her more than enough gas to where she won't. We then see Mrs. Smith open her eyes and look at the camera briefly before closing them and going back to pretending to be out. Apparently, she knew exactly what was happening. Hmm. Back at the poker table, Pete is impressed by these first two stories. Next, it's Al's turn to read a story. Our next Mrs. Smith got her kicks in the sleaziest place as possible. Where at? Why, it seems to be the adult theaters, likely on 42nd Street or thereabouts. I like it.
0: Now, this is the manor to which I am accustomed. Yes. The
1: Louisville Manor. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Have we explained Louisville Manor to our listeners? I
0: don't know. Probably it's basically just like a hotel where you can like just go and fuck and I can yeah. see prostitutes hang out around there as well.
1: Yeah, every town has one, but there's one that's like a few blocks away from my house. <laughs>
0: I love it. The sign's big and bright. Yes. And it's filthy.
1: Yes, I've been and, to the uh, adult store that is attached to the hotel, uh-huh. and it was quite an experience. Pretty uh, grimy. Yeah, there was a sign like there's a sign out front that like talks about like pay per view being available and stuff, but also occasionally it has sales. There's and... no
0: gooning in the lobby. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no gooning in the lobby. Yeah. Um, but there there was a sign that was like, you know, eight dollar DVDs or something right, like that. Yeah, and yeah. so me and one of my roommates at the time went over there to see what was up and decided to buy some stuff. And so when we got there there were a bunch of DVDs there but they were they were all in these like weird plastic uh cases and stuff and we had to like flip through kind of like those things at like a at like a Kmart where you would see a bunch of posters.
0: Yeah, yeah. And
1: there'd be like these uh little plastic things that you flip through to look at all the posters and then like get a a code that's on each poster to reach down and pull out the right poster. Yeah, yeah. Know, um, yeah. But there were some, there were loose DVDs below that you could pull from, but like the whole place was really weird. And then when I got up front to pay, um, their credit card machine was like out of uh paper for a receipt. And I was like, oh, okay, well that doesn't matter. Just ring it up. And they were like, no, you have to be able to sign it. So I was like, oh, but then one of my roommates had some cash and paid for it. So it was okay. You but saw some yeah.
0: pornography from there?
1: I probably still have it somewhere. I'll look. I'll I'll look to see. It was not good stuff. Well, that's fine. It was nothing narrative. That's okay. But, uh, yeah, anyhow, the Louisville Manor is quite a place, just as this theater that Mrs. Smith visits. And it's important to note that our Mrs. Smith now is the lovely and talented Vanessa Del Rio. And she is into some dirty stuff here as she normally is yes so we see her in a trench coat walking down uh the street in a you know 42nd street type place and uh, she enters a theater uh the marquee outside the theater i'll note uh, lists three films that they're playing ring of pleasures sally's sex palace and stranger in town She enters the theater and stands in the back, lighting a cigarette, where there's some men in leather nearby, Mm -hmm. watching the film on screen.
0: One of them is, I believe, George Payne again?
1: Yes, uh, George Payne is here, along with Dave Ruby from our earlier uh, construction worker scene.
0: This is where they go when they're off work?
1: Yes. (laughs) So, we see some of the raincoat crowd filling the seats of the theater, our our people, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, including a guy who's stroking his cock in a seat watching the movie. He's
0: dressed up like the biker from Village People. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Mrs. Smith sits down in the row ahead of this guy who's stroking and continues to smoke and watch the movie. We get a good shot of the reflection of the film in her glasses as she's watching. That's just pretty cool. Mrs. Smith looks back at the guy stroking behind her and he yells at her. Likely unaware that it's the lovely Vanessa Del Rio looking at him. Um, Again, she's kind of in a raincoat and wearing sunglasses, so you can't really tell who it is. He probably thinks some guy's watching him.
0: Yeah, much like last week's film.
1: Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh, But he calls her Mac. Like, don't look at me, Mac.
0: Yeah, don't look at me, Mac.
1: Mrs. Smith returns to the back of the theater where... George Payne and Dave Ruby are stroking their cocks. She reaches into her pants after taking off her hat, and the guys realize that some fun is about to start. She puts one of her hands behind her, and George Payne puts his cock in it. Dave Ruby puts his cock in her other hand, and she starts to stroke the gentleman with her leather gloves. After a minute, she pulls off her trench coat and gets on her knees to service the gentleman beside her. A third man joins in, and she sucks and strokes all three of their cocks.
0: She's really going for it in this scene.
1: Yes. Again, Vanessa Del Rio, one of the best.
0: Yeah, you know she loves... What a jam. Yeah, what a jam. What a lady. What a crowd.
1: What a time to be alive.
0: Yeah, I wish I was in this dirty old theater...
1: If we could if this still existed we could go to New York and go to 42nd Street and go My, to this theater as a as a raincoat report field trip.
0: Yeah, we could dress up as spikers and be yeah. cool. I thought everyone was waiting in line at first but I, then I realized like they're all just kind of hanging out on the the walls of the theater.
1: Yeah, they're just hanging out in the back.
0: I just Typically, if I think of, like, an in-the-theater scene, I assume you're, like, staying in the seats because you're, like, trying to, like, not get caught.
1: Right, right.
0: But uh, this isn't, like, a... Uh, it's only a Pee-Wee Herman situation. There's no, <laughs> like, threat of them being raided, apparently.
1: No, it's not until... What was it, the 90s when Pee-Wee got...
0: Yeah, Pee-Wee was probably jerking it every week. Yeah. Before, in the 80s. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. Pee-Wee's big adventure. <laughs>
1: That was his big adventure. Yeah. So this continues for a bit as we continue to hear the percussive soundtrack of the film that's playing in the background. Mrs. (laughs) Right? Yes, exactly. (laughs) Mrs. Smith undresses and the gentlemen lick her nipples and fondle her breasts and start to finger her before bending her over and starting to fuck her as well. The stroker who had been sitting in the theater decides to join in and... You know, Vanessa Del Rio is game. She doesn't turn him away. Yeah. One guy fucks her in Standing Doggy as she works the other three with her mouth in both of her hands. The guys finish on her face and turn, with the exception of the guy fucking her from behind, who pulls out and comes on her ass and back. In the film that's playing on screen, we see some cum shots as well. Oh. And then we return to our poker party. Back at the table, the story ends with the husband who wrote it saying that that was the end of the marriage. There was talk about if sex is good without talking, and an argument is made that sex for sex's sake is something special.
0: And also, there was no need to explain anything in that theater.
1: No, not at all.
0: There is a bit of chatter about how, uh, about people's, like, kind of like life views between the, for the wraparound segment. Yeah. It's kind of nice. I like it. Uh
1: yeah, I didn't quite capture it all in my notes, no. but these guys after each story talk a little bit and kind of they learn a little bit about themselves as we'll see once we yeah. reach the end of the film.
0: One guy was like at the begin uh back way back on the first segment was like, Why didn't he just change his schedule to meet his wife's needs? Which I feel like is a it's a pretty uh a pretty sensitive point in like nineteen eighty one.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. You know?
0: And it's he's like, oh, yeah. Ladies are people, too.
1: <laughs> so, Nina the maid intrudes, noting that Pete's ex-wife is on the phone. Uh, the guys joke that she must need money for the dentist. Or maybe she's broken a nail on a hard hat. Uh, Pete tells Nina that he'll call his ex-wife back later.
0: Yeah. That bitch. Right? Yeah. You know? <laughs>
1: so george is the next one to tell a story so he pulls one of the cards out of the box and begins to read and this one our mrs smith is samantha fox Mm -hmm. so again quite a lovely cast of women here
0: yeah we really get uh some of the top names in the industry
1: yes even Um, though merle michaels is one that we see a little bit less she's also very lovely i'll say
0: yeah she was a that's definitely, I think, the, the first scene is definitely one of my favorites in the film. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm glad we get to see so much top talent just kind of get a chance to shine in their own, like, one-on-one, you know, sort of vignettes.
1: Yes, and of course, Samantha Fox is a top talent herself. Yes. We see her being led into an apartment by a man, Mr. Warren. She's wearing glasses and seems very timid at 1st Mm-hmm. She's kind of like a nerd-type character we see at first.
0: Yeah, the narration over it sort of, yeah, talks about she was like the mousy librarian type. And yes. She was like the gentlest woman he knew or something like that.
1: But indeed, she has another side to her.
0: As they so often do.
1: So Mr. Warren, uh, who I'll note here, is played by Alan Adrian, who I don't really know.
0: No, he's not a man I'm familiar with.
1: But, uh... He calls her Mrs. Smith, and she slaps him in the face and asks what he called her. He falls back onto the couch, and he replies, Mistress! Mrs. Smith tells him that's right, and that she's going to go get change, and she expects him to be in the proper position when she returns. We see a look of excitement on Mr. Warren's face when she leaves the room. In narration, the storyteller explains, His ex was a librarian and timid. He wanted someone a bit plain and simple, but before her lunch at the library each day, she took an extra hour for other interests. We see Mrs. Smith getting dressed in the bathroom, and she has a what I would describe as a sexy SS officer uniform from the Ilsa collection.
0: Yeah, that's what um, that's exactly what she's wearing. <laughs>
1: yes. So we see her taunting and teasing Mr. Warren for a bit before she lays back on the couch and demands... Did he eat her pussy?
0: She doesn't seem to be, like, an ideological Nazi. I think she probably just saw, like, the Night Porter at, like, an art theater or something. Yeah. And was like, you know what? I'm gonna give it a go.
1: It's all for the fashion statement.
0: Yeah, it's all for, you know, it's for the shock. Yes. Yeah.
1: Mr. Warren is a good boy and does what he's told. She thrusts her crotch into the air in enjoyment as she commands him to stick his tongue all the way out. Because she wants a big tongue. She tells him to keep going because it's almost good. She finally decides she'll let him bring his cock up to her mouth, and we we see her suck him for a bit. She's got a leash around his neck, the handle of which is wrapped around his cock, which, after some sucking, she starts to lick. She then decides to move on to the next thing, and we see Mrs. Smith getting fucked doggy-style by Mr. Warren as she's bent over the couch. She continues to give commands as he bangs away for a bit. They spend some time really getting into it, Mrs. Smith yelling for him to make her come. After a bit, he pulls out and comes on Mrs. Smith's ass. We see them cuddling afterwards, and he tells her that was amazing. She barks back, What did you say? And they both burst into laughter. So they're having fun with it. <laughs> Finishing the story We cut back to the table where George, the person reading the story Says, the whole thing made me Wonder, what happens If you lose your library card
0: Right to the fucking Ovens
1: So they chat a bit more and someone asks Who could be married to a woman like that Another says, you could say that About all of these stories It's then Pete's turn To read the last story the writer of this story notes he met Mrs. Smith during a college production of King Lear. We see our new Mrs. Smith, Serena, with a haircut I'm not into. No, I'm... it's like a weird, like thin mullet.
0: It looks like, and let me—I'll show you. Uh...
1: Our listeners love it when you pull up images on your phone and show me.
0: Well, some of our listeners are cultured, so they know what I'm talking about. Oh, okay you know.
1: That's fair. That's fair. I'm not.
0: No, you're an idiot.
1: I'm an idiot who's pu- pouring bourbon in the middle of our podcast.
0: It's fine. Uh, kind of like skinhead girl fashion from like Britain. Oh, yeah. Like the that's, 70s and 80s.
1: Yeah, that's what it is.
0: Yeah, it's like short on the top with like little bits of like length at the like at the sideburns, kind of like a little widow's peak at the point and then like a couple like loose strands in the back as a mullet yeah it's uh it's hideous
1: yeah it's not great it is like the least attracted to serena i've ever been
0: did she lose a bet
1: i don't know but uh yeah i I noted here that it's short but longer in all the wrong places yes (laughs) uh kind of a half-ass mullet but she's here reading screw magazine, so that's cool.
0: yeah, just like last week. Yes, I like that screw magazine does seem to just be kind of a newspaper, more than like a glossy magazine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I wish I could read it.
1: I we should see sh- if we oh. could find a bunch of screw magazine. Uh, I know that like the Rialto report site had a bunch of scans of like AVN magazine. yeah, maybe somebody's got screw magazine scans somewhere.
0: Help us if there was a bunch of screw. I would, um, I always have a copy in my back pocket, like rolled up.
1: (laughs) So anyhow, uh, the narrator says that neither Mrs. Smith or the Mr. Smith, the storyteller here were great actors. We see Mrs. Smith show up at a place answering an ad from screw magazine that she had, uh, read. Apparently it's an ad for a movie. We're introduced to Penny Worth, played by Robin Sane. She's then introduced to Harry Worth, the director. It's $150 a day, and Penny chimes in that she could earn extra for DP, noting that Harry knows that Penny doesn't do anal. Apparently, our Mrs. Smith here has to have double penetration explained to her, and afterwards she asks, "'Is that even possible?' But indeed as we know it certainly is.
0: Yes, all through movie magic.
1: We see Penny on set with Buck played by Ron Hud. Harry gets them right to work with Penny stroking B- Buck's cock and him shouting out directions and getting close-ups. Penny does some good work sucking and stroking for a bit as Harry shouts out directions.
0: There's kind of like a sort of like an epic music score going on through the back <laughs> sort of <laughs> yeah. like Something like you might hear in like a film about like Romans from like the 50s or 60s.
1: Yeah, if they were making the centurions of Rome.
0: Yeah, if they were making <laughs> the centurions of Rome, this would fit right in.
1: Uh, we see Mrs. Smith off to the side in a pink dress. Harry has her join in, and Mrs. Smith starts to suck Buck's cock as Penny licks his balls. Todd, played by Ashley Moore, joins in and Mrs. Smith and Penny work both of the guys' cocks with their hands and mouths. After a bit, we see Mrs. Smith riding Buck's cock, as both ladies suck Todd's cock in turn. Penny starts to lick Mrs. Smith's ass cheeks as she continues to ride Buck's cock and suck Todd. We then see Mrs. Smith riding Todd next to Penny, who is sucking Buck's cock. We then see Mrs. Smith riding Buck's cock, and after a bit... Buck pulls out and strokes out a big load. Soon after, Buck is still under Mrs. Smith and back inside her when Todd comes up behind her to shove his cock in her ass and she is, as was hinted at before, double penetrated.
0: It's the first proper double penetration.
1: And indeed, she is apparently making extra pay for this.
0: We've got some double sucking earlier. Yeah. We had some, you know... Uh, spit roasting and so forth yeah all very good but here it is
1: yeah sometimes you gotta stretch both those holes
0: get them working
1: after a minute todd pulls out and penny strokes his cock finishing him off with a big load that goes all over buck's legs
0: yeah he she kind of like just jerks him off like into his leg hairs
1: yeah pete finishes the story Uh, The writer notes that he found out about his wife's exploits when he was shown a stag film.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, like at a sales convention or something like that. Yeah.
1: So the guys around the table decide that they want to leave. They don't want to know whose story was whose. Pete is a bit resistant here, but apparently all the guys agree that hearing someone else read their stories made them realize how sexy their ex-wives were. Pete is confused and asks... But don't they want to know who each story was about? But they don't. The guys all seem to want to get back together with their horny axes. noting that sounds much better than Poker Night. After the gentlemen have left, Nina approaches Pete, noting that his ex has called again and said that he's late. Pete admits that he decided to meet her earlier and was sort of glad that everybody left. Nina asks him which story was about his ex-wife, and Pete admits that they were right. It's better left a mystery. Yes. And so he takes off as the camera pans down to a Joker card on the table, and the film ends.
0: Everyone was too horned up and drunk on brown to finish playing the game. Yes. But, uh, you know, maybe they make a salient point. Yeah. It's best not to know. And now you have all these like penthouse letter type scenarios in your head.
1: Yeah. It's lovely.
0: Yeah. Just go bother your ex wife at 1130 at night. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I'm too full of brown to finish this episode yet. So we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back to give our final thoughts on afternoon delights. Bump, bump. <laughs> are back the beavers are back and I'm full of brown
0: nature is healing
1: yeah it's I haven't been drinking much lately but uh you brought over this bourbon and now I'm I'm really feeling that brown
0: yeah you've really hit it hard I think Tyler had a little
1: bit before he left but, yeah I uh, mean I've just had like two little cups of it two little cups of brown I mean they're not like they're yeah, like two full solo cups of brown. <laughs> Two Solo Cups, probably like a fifth of the way full of brown.
0: Okay. Well...
1: It's a reasonable amount, but it's enough uh, to make me feel pretty good, and it's enough to make me say that it's time once again for... The Raincoat Review!
0: (laughs) I don't know about you, but I really like this film. Okay. Uh, I think... uh, as far as pornographic anthologies, this might be the currently the gold standard Okay. Me. Uh, maybe outside of something like Bible, but, uh,
1: so would you consider, uh, too naughty to say no in anthology?
0: Mm, no, that's more like vignettes. Cause they all have like yeah. the same characters. These ones are okay, all that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Separate characters. This is more on that. Uh, like we talked about young show-offs a couple weeks... Or little showoffs a couple weeks ago.
1: Yeah, that's more of an anthology.
0: Yeah. And I would say this one tops that one. Now, these are all pros. For sure. They're all pros, for sure. But uh, just the way the scenes are set up and uh, everything like that also gives it quite an edge. Yeah. Uh, I think Sean Costello might be a master. <laughs> uh, he can this one's very different in tone than some of the other stuff we've covered from him. But,
1: uh, I think he's somebody with peaks and valleys.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, this is uh definitely different from a, a water power for sure. But, uh, I found it to be a, a very delightful film, Uh well shot full of some good to great sex. I would say. Yeah. There's a, uh, not really, uh, much i would complain about you know in an anthology film obviously you have like your favorites and there's obviously you know usually a weak link Mm -hmm. i would say in this one it might be the samantha fox one just because not quite enough happens uh you get like the initial shock of her dressing up as a nazi and kind of being a dominatrix but there's not a whole lot to it besides that yeah uh and maybe the veronica Hart scene maybe the film just has it out for brunettes <laughs> um, that one's not bad it's just you don't get to see her at like her full peak because she's pretending to be asleep
1: right right uh
0: unlike say merle michaels who starts the film pretty much like get getting folded in half by uh uh george payne and jack ruby after he got done shooting oswald it's not jack ruby i don't know who it is mark ruby dave ruby dave ruby sorry Yeah, Dave Ruby and George Payne. Uh, It starts off on a a pretty high note. I like the wraparound segment a lot. I like all our older gentlemen character actors. Um, I always love to see Eric Edwards in a role. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I I really enjoy the general setup. I think it is very similar to to little show-offs, even that it's like each piece is also sort of guided by the music that's going on through it.
1: Yeah, I could see that.
0: Uh, I think this is a better, more polished example of uh, a film like that. I was pretty impressed overall. I love our variety of cast. You have a couple of my favorites in here, obviously. Vanessa Del Rio, uh, Veronica Hart, Serena with a terrible haircut. Yeah. But taking it in the ass and the and the snatch at the same time.
1: Yeah, she, she came to work to...
0: Yeah, she's a champion. Yeah. Yeah, uh, some of the supporting players are nice. There's a couple big-name guys that uh, that are pretty good, but uh, everyone turns in a, a solid pounding performance. You know, <laughs> extra points, of course, for George Payne for being in two of the segments and uh, really earning his 150 a day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, overall, I would say this film is definitely uh, worth checking out. I would give it four stars.
1: Okay. Yeah, I uh, I also enjoyed this film. Um, we got a great cast. Um, all of the sex scenes are pretty good. Yeah. Um, I would say that they,
0: they keep them pretty varied, which is nice.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, w- I would say that I, I on think the
0: soft, kind of on the soft edge of like harder hardcore too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I would say that, like, narratively speaking. I think that the wraparound is—it's good. Um, there's not really a satisfying resolution to it. I um, mean, I they're think they're all going like, to go
0: bother their ex-wives. it's, yeah. it's great.
1: <laughs> but uh, you know, like I said, the sex scenes are good. We got a lot of uh, great prose and action here, and uh, I did appreciate the difference. Uh, you know, scenarios that are set up for all of these scenes. So that's fun. Mm -hmm. Um, It is a good reminder that, you know, sometimes men need to dress up.
0: Yeah, you gotta dress up and take care of your lady's needs and then you'll get those afternoon desserts. Yes.
1: Uh, I'm gonna give it three and a half stars. I liked it a lot.
0: That's fair. Um, I think it was a very very nice production all the way through like i said early on i thought there was some good sound design and uh imagery throughout uh even including even in the scenes that are weaker uh, uh having a lady in a sexy ss uniform it's not pc but uh it is striking
1: it is striking you're right
0: uh, and so for that kind of thing i, I really do appreciate it uh I would probably view this one again. I kind of went in with lower expectations on it and was uh, pretty pleasantly surprised.
1: Yeah. It's a, uh, it's a funny, it's a fun little time. Mm-hmm. And speaking of fun little times, uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at raincoat report, uh, raincoat report at com. If you want to send us pornography, uh,
0: Oh yes. I, I meant to time really flies. I felt like I told you I was going to do that a second ago and it's been like an hour. Uh, I want to thank one of our uh, listeners. Uh, I'm not sure what name to credit them to, but uh, they have sent us a... uh, or even necessarily given us access to quite an archive of uh, pornographic films that we will be delighted to uh, bring to you in the future.
1: Yes, uh, so, you know, if you want to share some stuff with us that we can cover on the show or might just make us... uh, happy to experience yeah feel free
0: yeah i love uh i love having an audience that uh participates and interacts it's cool getting stuff from you all messages ears uh, <laughs> just whatever you got email us uh if you need an address boss can probably set you up with one to send us something yeah uh, we'll uh we'll figure it out please no bombs
1: yeah uh so far we've uh only had good experiences uh, having stuff sent to us. Uh, don't be that guy.
0: Yeah, if you send me a bomb, you're going to get Bonk of the Week.
1: Oh, snap.
0: Yeah, if I survive the attack, like uh, <laughs> De Niro and <in> Casino. <laughs> oh, you better believe you're going to get bonked. Uh,
1: this week on our Patreon at patreon.com slash raincoat report, we're doing Pornhub Roulette once again.
0: Yep, the so, wheel uh, turns.
1: Join us for that. The wheel turns and see. Uh,
0: animal cruelty and uh, much more.
1: Yeah, there's there's a lot to share, and we're happy to share it.
0: I think I took bossa back a moment when I said <laughs> animal cruelty.
1: Yeah, I I don't I don't know what that is yet. Cecil uh, capital
0: Holocaust, right?
1: Oh boy. <laughs> So uh, we'll we'll see what's going on there. But uh, in the meantime, uh, you know, if you're going to your poker party with your friends and uh, wearing your nice suit and getting ready to talk about your ex-wives, don't forget your raincoat. It's going to be a messy time.
0: It's going to be a messy, refined time. Uh, pop them if you got them. <laughs> It's going to pop. Mr. Farrell, hmm? your ex called again, and she said you're late. You too, huh?
1: Yes, me too. Actually, I decided to see her earlier. In fact, I was quite delighted when everybody left.
0: Um, just one more thing, Mr. Farrell.
1: Hmm?
0: Which one was she? Uh, your wife, I mean. <laughs> <laughs>
1: No, no. I think George was right. It's better left a mystery. Good night, Nina.
0: Good night, Mr. Farrell.